and you just look back and you see thousands of people behind us take like the whole street is covered with people protesting and walking with us and it's from here pipe far down far as you can see and I was like that's just it's beautiful like seeing all these people come together you know putting differences aside and standing for what's right hello and welcome to dig deep episode two you know for I guess we did so good they wanted us back for a second one but here we are as we introduced in the last episode this podcast is in partnership with uncut on the hill and did Uncut is a student-led and athlete-driven digital journalism platform for student-athletes to share their stories. DIG is the diversity and inclusion group on campus. It was formed to allow athletes of all identities to feel welcome. With this podcast, we want to blend the two organizations and dig deep into each respective athlete's story in its truest form. We're your hosts. I'm Freeman Brew. And I'm Issa Contreras. And let's dig deep. Today is our second guest, Jay Jackson, a freshman on the basketball team. We're going to be discussing Jay's experience with racial inequality and particularly how basketball has been an outlet for him in these issues. Hey, Jay. Thanks for joining us today. So tell us about yourself, like your family growing up in Columbus. Um, from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I love the city, love it to death. Proud to be from there. Um, a lot of made a lot of friends there and it's just a great city to be from. Um, a lot of resources and stuff, a lot of stuff to do in the city. Uh, my family, I'm the oldest of two siblings. My sister actually just turned 11 last week, September 24th. My brother turns six this Sunday coming up on the 10th. So, and then my mom's birthday is today. Oh my God, happy birthday. <laughs> a lot of birthdays. So. Um, so you've gone to Columbus City Schools all your life then? Yeah, K-12. Can you talk a little bit about that experience and mm. the Columbus City School System? Um, I love, I love uh, my schools, my elementary, middle, high school. I feel like I had some of the best teachers in the state, really cared about us. Coming from Columbus City Schools, we don't have the best of resources um, as some of the suburb schools have, but I feel like we make up with it with our teachers and staff, principals, you know, people in the district who really care about us. I think they go the extra mile for us and if you put in the work, they're, um, they're willing to help you out. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So coming from the Columbus City Schools, can you talk about a little bit how like, that shaped you and how that compares to a school like Denison? Um, I feel like without Columbus City Schools, I'm not who I am today. I feel like it's, I mean, there's a lot of bad and good. Um, it wasn't all ups, but through the bad and good, it's helped me t- turn me into who I am today. Uh, just going through some of the battles and... You know, not having some of the resources other schools have, you know, makes you work harder for things. So I think it's helped me a lot um, become who I am today. And it's been an adjustment coming here, you know, coming from a very diverse city school where we have all type of nationalities there, coming to a school like Denison, where it's a PWI and the people of color community so small. It was kind of weird, but um, I f- feel like I've been welcomed here. Um, I've made my group of friends. I've got connected with the PLC community. So I think it's been, at first it was rough, but it's been a pretty good adjustment. You mentioned uh, being able to get involved in the PLC community here at Denison. Can you talk about how you're able to find some people that look like you at a PWI, predominantly white institution, and what that has looked like so far? 
Well, I did this pre-orientation thing called Paving the Way, and it was a pre-O for people um, of minority. So that was a great way to you know start the year out with people who already look like me, so I already have that connection. And I joined the Black Student Union, the Men of Color group, and the DIG Diversity and Inclusion group. So it's like surrounding people who look like me, you know, come from similar backgrounds or different backgrounds, just from the people in the PWI. So it's been it's been easier than I thought to actually meet people like me. I feel like the PLC community here is very welcoming and with open arms. And with that, you know, talk to us a little bit about how did you get into playing basketball? I've played basketball. <laughs> I had a ball when I came out the womb. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, I love it to death. It's something that, you know, helped me get through a lot of things. It's kind of an escape for me, and it's just, you know, it's fun. It's fun working hard and be able to see the things you accomplish to be able to play college basketball. You know, that was a huge thing. So it's something I played all my life. And so, you know, you talked a little bit about it's helping you get through some things. What are some things that you think it's helped you get through? Um, I know whenever I'm feeling down, you know, so I can just go in the gym, play my music, and just shoot by myself. Um, whenever I'm, like, stressed at school or just, you know, kind of in my thoughts about stuff, like losing some friends or losing family members, you know, basketball something I could go to, shoot around and just clears my head, you know, escape my reality if I'm just not feeling t good today. I could go shoot and it would take my mind off of it. Yeah. It seems as if uh, basketball is almost like a therapy for you, would you say? I would most definitely say it is. It's At times it can be the thing that stresses me <laughs> out, but yeah, <laughs> most of the time it is a, a therapy. I, I mean, so. I think us all playing, you know, we all kind of see it as a therapy thing. But it's interesting, mm -hmm. like, for your take on it, how, like, it's different for all of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we talk a little bit about, like, how the difference between basketball, like, just playing it versus when it does become your stressor. Mm -hmm. I think it's important, like, for all of us all being hoopers is, like, there's days when you can just go down to the gym and just get shots up by yourself, and that's then your therapy. A segue here into some more questions. Um, Raymond, you want to go? Yeah, so we had talked a little bit before about how you organized a rally for Columbus City School athletes. Can you talk a little bit about that? So, when, so in the beginning of my senior year, fall season, football and all the fall sports played. Winter came around, and the winter sports sports weren't playing. And that was because of COVID? Yes, because mm -hmm. of COVID. But it was just Columbus City Schools. All the surrounding districts were playing. Well, we all paused for a minute. We all like postponed the season for a minute, and then they started playing, and then Columbus City Schools just kept postponing ours, which I understand they were trying to keep us safe, but it was like, we have my school not playing, and then I could go two minutes down the road to... Dublin or Upper Arlington or Bishop Watterson and they're having practices playing games so it was like why do they get to play and we don't so we um or me and a few people a bunch of athletes from the city we um decided to go to the board office um with signs and we just wanted to ask questions to get clarity on why we weren't playing we didn't feel like the district was being very transparent about things so we just wanted them to clear things up like how is it safe for all these other schools to play and not us? So I think that protest and talking to the people who are in charge of the district was really good, and we got to learn and just see eye to eye and really 
get to know why, and it ended up with um, us getting a, a like mini season shortened. What do you, I'm grateful for it. What do you think the reason was you guys weren't able to play? Was that a Columbus City School thing? Was that a race thing? What, what do you think was the reason behind that? Um, I think with us being in Columbus, um, and we have the Columbus, we got to follow Columbus Public Health and Franklin County and Columbus, that they play a lot of, um, they play a big role in Ohio with being connected to the mayor and governor. And that's where he gets a lot of info from. So I think it was just a district you know, being cautious and trying to keep us safe. But um, I feel like we came to terms that there are precautions we could take to um, stay safe while we play. Were you able to receive some of that clarity from the institutions? Yes. Uh, we, after talking to them, they just talked they talk to us about, like, transportation, how it's, how do we transport kids and keep them safe and just how do we keep balls clean, you know, everything sanitized. So we were able to talk down. We both... Um, they we gave them some ideas to take in consideration, and then we had a board meeting a couple of days after the protest, and then they brought in some people from Columbus Public Health, and they went through like statistics and all that, and just showing us why they thought we couldn't play, and and then at the end of the board meeting, they came to the conclusion that we could start practice, and then a week or two later, we could start games. So if it wasn't for you guys going out of your way to do this, do you think you would have been able to play any games at all? That's something. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, who knows? Um, it just depends on the, how the COVID numbers, how, if they went up or down. Because I know they were going up for a minute, then went down, then going up. So I think, I don't think we would have played, but I think the protests really helped. And it at least expedited the process. Yeah. Yeah. How many athletes did you have attend the protests? <sighs> That's a good question. It was... A good amount. It was um, a lot of basketball players. Um, one of my friends who played baseball. Um, it was probably like forty athletes, mm-hmm. I want to say, and a lot of parents and a couple coaches came out. So, I'd say close to about a hundred people maybe came out. And did did you not having a season or, or being granted by the Columbus City District? Did that affect you in any other way, like mentally or just? You know, physically not even be, being able to get on a court or anything like mm-hmm. that. Well, that and even just COVID in general, I feel like affected me and everyone I know mentally, physically, um, but not having a season. It was not something we looked forward to the whole, my whole junior year, oh, se- senior year coming up. We're about to win some games. We're going to play good and not having that kind of like, it messes with you. Like, and we just worked these first three years hard to be able to play the senior year and we don't have it. So it did kind of mess with you mentally and just physically, you know, not be able to play, you kind of get out of game shape and just kind of get rusty. So I would say affecting me in the off the court stuff, like just not having like a homecoming and like we weren't gonna have a prime, you know, it's that stuff, once in a lifetime memories, like you don't get to have a prom or another homecoming after high school. So it's like, these are memories you hear your parents talk about with you and a lot of other parents talk about with their kids. And it's like, we're going to miss out on those memories. And it's like, we won't get another chance. But we actually did end up having a prom, so I got to go to prom once, <laughs> which was fun. So, you know, you've, you've spoken with Freeman a lot about, um, you know, the things that happened during COVID. A lot of mm-hmm. protests came out about Black Lives Matter and things like that. Can you talk a little bit about your influence on that? Um, I feel like I was a small part of the 
big puzzle. Um, there was a lot of people there. Um, it really brought a lot of people out of the community. You got people from different sides of Columbus, different races, um, different like just sexual orientation all coming together. And it was actually a beautiful thing to see all these different types of people coming together and standing for what's right. So I thought it was really great. Um, I was protest out at the protest a lot, um, signs. Um, one time I even got on the megaphone and told a story of an experience that happened to me. We marched all over the city. I thought it was very powerful. I thought um, we got our voices heard. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about that experience? So what I talked about was it was my eighth grade summer going into my freshman year. I was at Myrtle Beach. I was like on a run doing a little jog and I passed a gas station and this truck full of white people pull out and they start yelling at me saying all the things. We'll kill you if you catch you, racial slurs and all that. So they chased me for a while till I got away. So um, that was very scary. It actually hurt me more than I thought, like killed my self-confidence. It made me feel like I didn't belong or I wasn't good enough. It made me, it made me disappointed to be a black man in today's world. But then that same thing also kind of built me up to be who I am today. Now, at, at the moment, it hurt me, but as I got older, it made me realize, like, I shouldn't be ashamed. I should be proud of who I am, and I'm not going to let these pe ignorant people with these views, you know, diminish my blackness and my pr proud proudness to be black. Did you go to the rallies, like, right when they started, or was there, like, a moment for you where you're just like, yeah, all right, like, that's enough, like, I'm going to go now? They started, like, right after, like, George Floyd, Breonna and Taylor, and all of them got killed. I didn't go like the first night because honestly, I had work and then the media was kind of just blowing it up, making it seem like it was real violent. But I went like the second and third and so on. And what I realized was the media kind of blew it out of proportion. The whole time when I was there, it was peaceful. Like it was no, like they call it riots. I didn't see any riots. But um, I went, I would say there was a day gap and then I started going. And with that, was there any moments throughout the rally, like other than you telling your story where you kind of just like looked down and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, so there was a time they rented a U-Haul truck, like they were driving it somehow and I got on top of it. And they were, we were driving down High Street through like downtown, the short north and campus area. And we were in the front and I'm on top of it. And you just look back and you see thousands of people behind us take like the whole street is covered with people protesting and walking with us and it's from here pipe far down as far as you can see and I was like that's just it's beautiful like seeing all these people come together you know putting differences aside and standing for what's right I thought that was a real beautiful scene did your um like parents go with you or your sister or was it just you by yourself so I went so I went by myself. My parents came down a lot, but because of COVID, they didn't want to really bring my siblings into like the big mix. So they were there a lot. Um, they stayed more to the side. We actually had a sign, my brother held, where he, he was five at the time. He turned six next week, but he had a sign saying, at what age do I become a threat to you? So they were there a lot. Um, they supported me going. They just didn't want to bring my younger siblings around all that just to keep them safe and all that but they definitely supported me going and showed up a lot and was did your experience in myrtle beach is that what made you want to go to these protests or i've been going to these protests way before i went 
I've been going since Trayvon Martin was killed. Just mm-hmm. seeing all this happen to innocent black men, and it's like you just get tired of it. It's like you want to do something that can make a change because I don't want my siblings or even when I have kids in the future to have to go through these racial racist experiences and have to worry for their lives. So that's something, that's part of the reason why I go. Just hopefully we could create some change in the future so the next generation doesn't have to go through that and just what's happening is just completely wrong and racism, racist. And I feel like racism has been, or is, not has, it's always been in like the social justice system and just in the system altogether. So it's like trying to unrail that and get it out. So that's the reason I go. Transitioning a little bit into like coming to Denison and being an African-American man who does stand up for some of these things. How has, have you been able to see some of the same things you talked about in the Black Lives Matter then come into play here at Denison in terms of people wanting to help and people wanting you to succeed? Um, I've been on campus six weeks, so I haven't had that many experiences, but um, I haven't really had any bad experiences. I've actually sat, been able to sit down with some of my white friends here and we've talked about it and they're like, I've told them some of my experiences and my point of views and they're like, wow, like I've never really thought of that or where I'm coming from. There is no black story. It's all white people here. So we get what our parents tell us or what our news or our schools, teachers tell us when there's no black people there, they kind of don't get the full perspective. So being able to talk and educate them on like my feelings and you know my perspective is it's been nice but I haven't really had any negative experiences with anyone disagreeing with some of the protests or what's happened so and also being here at Denison do you still like have that like um want to change things or like do you see yourself like organizing something in the future oh yes I definitely have that need and want to, you know, create change for the better. So every every time I get it, I'm take advantage of it to whether it's I change one person or get my voice heard by a hundred people or a thousand, just being able to take that step and have the courage to be the change you wanna see, I definitely take advantage of it every time I get. Do you also think being an athlete, like a basketball player, gives you an advantage? And like a platform to spread the word? Yes, I do. Uh, it does, I think. Um, you see a lot of people in professional basketball use their platform or professional sports in general use their platform. I've seen a lot of people in college basketball um, or other sports use their platform. I think being a student athlete at a college kind of, you have more eyes on you. So you have more um, ways to make a change if you want to use that the right way. So I think it will help me out. Was there any athlete that, like, really inspired you throughout this? Um, I think LeBron, um, he did a lot for the people. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, I think him just, you know, giving up his whole career to do what's right. Even Some people say he handled it wrong. Some people say he handled it right. I think that's a sticky situation. But I think the courage to be able to go against the whole world I'm expiring, but like him, LeBron, the WNBA, the way I feel like they're like the main organization that really stood up. They took a lot of BS from it and was able to, you know, say this is what matters and we don't care what happens to us. We're going to do what's right. And, you know, you seem really passionate about this, which is awesome. But 
other than your experience at Myrtle Beach, do you have anything else that, like, has really just pushed you towards it? Um, yeah. I've had a couple with racism, like, I've been told, when I was in West Virginia getting a piece, I've been told to get out of town, I don't belong here, like, um, with my family, we've been pulled over, racial, racial profile, like, when I was eight, they try to, they pulled us over, try to say my dad was some drug lord from New York, say we had our car stolen, even though we had the registration, like, all the proof he needed to show the car was ours. He had his ID to show, like, where, he's not even from, he's like, I've never even been to New York. But they kept profiling him and making up excuses. Um, there's been times we got pulled over, and at first the cop was like, um, you were swerving. And my dad was like, no, I wasn't. Just be honest, why did you pull me over? And the cop was like, well, you look like those type of people to be doing something wrong. And we were like, what does those type of people look like? He's like, you know what I mean. So, so he's like, you know I have to search the car. And we're like, legally, he's like, I'm searching this car. He called like four cars, K9 unit, and they illegally searched our car. But so those are some of the experiences um, I've had. So like, how do you think each of these respective experiences helped you shape yourself? And in the end, like I'm, you said, how does it almost help you succeed in, in its own way? I think to become who I am today, you have to go through the tough times. It shows you who you are as a person and just helps you learn a lot about yourself, you know? So going through racism and experiences throughout my life, um, I don't think I would be the same without it. Um, I think it helped me. At first it hurt and made me like doubt myself, but I think in the end, it kind of encouraged me to be who I am today and you know, be the leader and the type of guy to go organize a protest for all my peers and athletes, the type of guy to go stand on the front lines of Black Lives Matter or the type of guy here to, you know, when let's say someone's saying something or doing something wrong, I'm going to stand up and say, hey, that's not right. Don't do that. Or So I think going through all that, it's made me who I am today. And talking about basketball, when you finally got your season, were you guys able to put anything like on your uniforms or like shooting shirts? Because I, I know like here, for the women's basketball team, um, our coach was able to get us patches to put on your forms. Did you guys do anything like that? My school, um, we didn't. I know a lot of schools, um, some schools did have like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that on there, or they wrote like Justice for Floyd on their um, shoes or something like that. But my school, um, I think we wanted to, but we didn't like order the stuff in time. So no, we, we weren't able to. But I know like me personally, like, on the back of my car, I put say their names, and I had like Tamir Rice, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin, and just a bunch of people who've been um, innocently killed by um, cops or who were innocent and got killed by a white person or something like that. And I guess tying it back into basketball and you saying that's your safe space. Um, what kind of joy does basketball bring you now, knowing that? There's so many other people and players in the NBA, WNBA world fighting for the same things like you. Um, I think it brings me a lot of joy to be able to, you know, play the game I love and be able to use it to speak uh, my opinion and be able to use that to voice what I think is right. Um, so I think it's bringing me great joy to be able to use what I love 
to make change out in today's society. I mean, how do you use basketball as an outlet for some of these things? Sometimes just go in the gym, play my music, and just shoot around. Like, not even just shoot, not trying to, you know, oh, I got to work out, train, train, train hard. Just go in there, be a kid. You know, we're still young, 18 years old. Just be a kid and just kind of just shoot around. You know how when you growing up playing basketball, you used to, like, play games in your head like you were making yeah. a game-winning shot, just yeah. doing stuff like that, going back to why you started playing, just that it's a kid's game. So that's kind of how I use that as an outlet. Mm. Do you see yourself ever talking to, like, Coach Sully or, or anybody else and saying, like, hey, I think we should take part in this movement or anything going on? Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Um, I definitely would see myself, and I definitely feel comfortable enough to do talk to them um, about that. Um, that's something, like, I know I would want to, but if the team wanted to do I would definitely would want to do that. Um, you know, I've talked to Sully. I actually, um, I was writing an essay, um, and he was asking what I was writing about, and I told him I was writing about some of the racist experiences I had, and he wanted to read it, and he was like, wow, this is good. Like, I never knew this about you. Like, I'm glad you were willing to share this with me, so... I do feel comfortable enough to be able to go to him like, hey, I, I want to participate or get in on somehow doing this movement whatever way we can. Yeah. Well, it's awesome that you're so comfortable like with sharing your experiences mm -hmm. because like there's so many people who get so many different perspectives but not really like, not to say there is a right one, but like, you know, like mm -hmm. sometimes people just don't think of other people's perspectives and to get yours, I mean, that's... I don't know, some of the, hearing some of the experiences you've gone through, is just, it's so insane to me, yeah. That's good. We usually try to lighten up at the end of all our podcasts and just ask some questions a little different. Our first one is, who is your athlete comparison and who is your favorite athlete? I would say comparison for me. <laughs> I've actually just thought about this since coming here, but some of the guys here say I play like Kyle Lowry. Um <laughs> Strong guard with good defense. Um, so I say him. And then my favorite athlete, uh, I would say Kobe. Or in today's league, I would say Devin Booker um, or Chris Paul. But Devin Booker because he's from Kentucky. Kentucky is my, like, since I've been little, my favorite basketball team. And then Chris Paul, I just think he's a great leader. And I, I like what he does, like how he's a – speaker for like the people off the court as well so I think he's one of my favorite players and another one is what do you wish you would have told yourself at the age around like 16 middle school or like going into high school what is something you wish you would have told your younger self something I wish I would have told myself is you know um, life isn't all going to be ups and downs you know it's you're going to have a lot of downs probably more downs than ups but you know, don't give up, keep working hard, and just keep your head up. You know, when things are rough, you know, the storm doesn't last forever. So just being able to just keep your head up and keep working hard. And last one is, who's been the most memorable person to you? Like, who has been your biggest mentor in life? Um, I think my dad, for sure. Um, he's raised me to be who I am. Um, he's taught me a lot of lessons in life, and... You know, just hearing, like, some of his stories and what he's been through. He's, like, a hero. Like, he's very strong, been through a lot. And the way he shows up every day, you know, he gives me, my siblings, my mom, his all. He goes to work, gives them 
his all and just be able to see him go hard every day, no matter what, is, like, inspirational. So I think he's been the biggest influence in, like, my person I admire in my life. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jay, for joining us today and for sharing your story. Something we can take away from Jay's podcast is his ability to constantly address challenges that he sees within the world around him and his being able to go out and change them. We want to give a special thanks to our producer and editor, Gigi George, and our uncut team, Kate Hinshaw, Sunny Fireman, Sophie Type, Dulcie Hayes, Abigail Hannum, Drew Dawkins, and Will Hunter. Once again, we're your hosts. I'm Issa. And I'm Freeman. We hope this podcast inspired you and always remember to dig deep.